The text for this morning's message will be found in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Let's stand together as we read the Word of God. I have one verse I'd like to focus on for this morning. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7 will be our text. Paul writing to Timothy here says many things, but I want to draw our attention to this verse. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7 says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let's bow our heads. Father, we come before you again. We ask your blessing on this time of preaching. Would you help us to have open hearts and open minds? Help us to take a look within ourselves this morning and perhaps let go of anything we might be holding on to uh, that we would go into this new year with a fresh perspective, a renewed heart and renewed mind, Lord. I ask that you please do the work in and among us that only you can do, and I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. So today is the last Sunday of the year, and usually around this time we start thinking about resolutions or what we're going to change or uh, maybe habits that we want to change or, or that we want to pick up that we've wanted to do all year, and now we're going to, this is the time we're going to do it, right? Whether it's working out or cleaning up or whatever it is. This is a time we kind of start thinking inwardly, maybe sometimes more than other times in the year. And for the past few years, we've kind of made it the same here. We, we make this a special sort of day or uh, a unique day, and that is, uh, we call it Reset Sunday. Reset Sunday. We do this about just every year, and I think it's helpful that it's time uh, that we take time to look back over the past year and reflect. How did it go in my spiritual life? Did I do good when it came to me and God? Maybe some of you can say that. Maybe some of you look back and say, well, I kind of stayed stagnant. Or maybe some of you can look back and say, no, nah, it wasn't too good at all. I didn't really do what I should have done. Maybe you have a mix. It's been a year that has been full of ups and downs anyways, right? In all areas. For some of us, maybe this was a really good year. For some of us, maybe this is the worst year ever. Or maybe you have a different description. We've all faced ups and downs for sure, and we've all reacted in different ways. We've all dealt with it. And maybe we find ourselves carrying with us some things we need to let go of this morning. Maybe we find ourselves uh, distracted. Maybe our signals crossed. I've used this illustration before, and I think it works. You have a cell phone. You know how electronics can be. And sometimes I find my cell phone isn't getting text messages, or it isn't picking up calls, or it's just acting weird, and there's times I have to restart it. Then it seems to fix those little minor issues that are going. Well, listen, sometimes we can find ourselves with a bunch of crossed signals and things aren't getting through like they should. And it's, it's good for us to take time and reset or restart sometimes. And maybe that's what you need to do today. Perhaps it's time 
for you to let go of some things here at the end of the year before we head into the new year and all the unknown that that brings with us maybe you and I need to reset it's a good time to confess some things maybe we've been carrying with us for too long it's a good time for us to let go of things that might have held sway over our mind and have controlled our being more than the Holy Spirit Because there are things that can do that, right? We can let emotions, we can let possessions, we can let many different things hold sway over us more than God does. Maybe we have to reset today. Maybe this morning you have to let go of some fear. Hence the text. And I think... Over the past year, at least, maybe longer, that's something we've carried with us all a little bit too much. Perhaps you have had a spirit of fear, maybe not just for this past year, but maybe for the past two and a half, three years, that has held sway over your being more than the Holy Spirit. Beloved, we are not of that spirit of fear. That's what Paul's telling Timothy here. Let's look at the context first. Paul's writing to Timothy. We, <coughs> we are familiar with Timothy. He has a special place in Scripture, right? A special place in Paul's heart. Paul writes two letters directly to Timothy. In fact, this letter to 2 Timothy is the last letter Paul will write before he dies. He's in a Roman prison and not house arrest like he was before, as we see in the book of Acts. No, he's in a deep, dark, damp prison awaiting his death and he writes two letters directly to Timothy and when Paul writes the letter to the church at Ephesus most likely Timothy is the pastor there Timothy's a godly young man one that is like a son to Paul he's probably converted under Paul's preaching discipled by Paul and seemingly the one who's going to kind of take up Paul's ministry as Paul will go to be with the Lord. And we get these pictures of these Bible writers, these pictures of these Bible characters in our mind that sometimes maybe is a little less than. We think of Paul as this giant man with this giant booming voice and able to control a crowd. Well, that's probably not the case. We have extra-biblical writings and some of the things that Paul says. He probably wasn't all that good of a public speaker. He says what he tells the church at Corinth, I believe, when you guys saw me, you you thought, who is this guy? He can't speak very well and his physical physical presence is not impressive. Well, that's not the picture I have in my mind because Paul writes like a lion, right? This massive... uh, um, thinker that Paul is and the way that he can reason. But physically, he's probably not that way. And I don't know what you think of when you think of Timothy. Maybe maybe this bold young man who just has all this power. But we get this idea as well from Paul's writings that Timothy was probably a timid person. We get the sense from what Paul says that he might have dealt with the issue of fearfulness. Perhaps he did not like the confrontation that was closing in on him because he had to deal with 
what was called the Judaizers. And some of the things that were creeping into the church, and Paul tells him in several places, you need to hit this head on, and here's how you're going to deal with it. Maybe he didn't want to have to deal with the problems he, was, he needed to deal with. You can kind of see it in the way Paul writes to him, because he, he writes to Titus a very different way. Titus is like he's taking the dog off the leash and says, go get him. You'll get, go set these guys straight, tell them straight up what they need to hear, and go, go after it. With Timothy, he's very encouraging. Hey, here's what you need to do. In fact, in verse 6, he tells, hey, you need to remember the gift that is in you. Stir it up. In verse 8, he says, don't be ashamed of the testimony of your Lord. He tells him throughout the scripture to take care of himself and to, to watch over himself, even take wine for the stomach issues that he was having, probably from anxiety or fearfulness. And Paul here reminds them, hey, you don't have a calling from God that is based in fear. You don't have that spirit of fear. You have the spirit of love, power, and of a sound mind. Well, we know how Scripture works, right? Even as Paul writes to Timothy, he's speaking to us, doesn't it? And he's saying something that we need to hear. We need to be reminded that we have not been given a spirit of fear. If I could sum up the whole ordeal that we've endured for some two and a half, three years now, this ordeal that we are still walking through, it would be with that word, fear. Fear. You and I have come face to face with fear, perhaps in a way we never thought we would. For most of 2019, 2020, and 2021, you and I have been told we're going to die. Over and over and over. By an enemy we cannot see, we cannot see it coming. It could strike at any moment. But the world is pretty sure you're going to die. That's been the message of the year. From the news, from social media. It's fear. Fear. And they've been working hard at it. You see, you and I have been programmed to fear. We've had nearly three years worth of that kind of programming, that incessant indoctrination. And it's more than just common sense health. We've been taught to fear everything. The very air outside we breathe may or may not be safe. Other humans certainly are not safe. Unless maybe they live in your same household. That's what they've told us, right? To some extent or another. Going outside is barely safe. And as of right now, what we used to consider normal everyday life, just as recent as a couple years ago, is like playing Russian roulette. And it's had, our, it's had its effects on us. Regardless of your viewpoint or stance on some of these hot-button issues, it has our, it's had its effects. You go into a store without a mask, or you see somebody in a store without a mask, you notice. You instantly take notice. Whether your reaction is right on or how dare they, the fact is 
you notice instantly. Because you've been told that's out of the norm, right? People don't shake hands anymore. In fact, I don't know if you've noticed, you, you ever go to shake someone's hand and you get this instead? Because we've been told that's bad. It, the, the training has been there and it's been incessant for some three years now. And that will have its effect. We've been told imminent death is everywhere in a handshake and gatherings, everyone around you are taught to fear. In fact, if you catch a sniffle, you start to worry. Oh no, is this it? <laughs> I've got a runny nose. I've got a cough. I better get tested. Now listen, unless you think I'm being arrogant and quip, I'm not. You can hear my voice, right? I caught a cold this last week, and I'm being told the new variant is very much like the common cold we all used to get, but now it's extinct. <laughs> but it's very much like that. So, I was really interested what the results of my weekly test at work would tell me. I wonder, I wonder if I got it. I wonder if I got this go around. If it came out negative, of course, or else I wouldn't be here. But that's what we've been trained to think, right? In fact, there are some people... I don't think any of you here, but there were some people who would hear my voice and begin to wonder, does he have COVID? He has COVID. He has it and he's not telling us. How dare he? He still came out of his house with a cold. That's what we've been trained to think like now. Do you understand that? Regardless of our feelings, one way or the other, we've been taught that and it's had its effect. And my question is, are we holding on to that a little too much? There is a difference between being concerned about something that I'm not, it is real, it has taken lives, and it is something we ought to be concerned about. There's a difference between being concerned about that whole situation in a right way and living in abject fear, which is where most people are. Most people are living in complete and abject fear. And they are kept there. And we need to realize we, as God's people, are not outside nor immune to that way of thinking either. In fact, the past few years have been very telling on how God's people view the very thing we've been set free from. And that is death. We've come face to face with that, maybe more in a way we haven't in the past. And can I say we haven't responded very well? And it's had its effect. It's had its effect on how we witness. You know, I can confess that. There's something in the back of my mind that says, can I give them this track? Are they going to take it? Are they going to think, why is this guy handing me this? Will they really come to church? Are they too scared to be around other people? There's things like that that's in the back of my mind that stop me from doing what God wants me to do. And that has its root in fear, doesn't it? So, you see, this can affect us on a broad range, a broad spectrum in a different areas in our life. That's not the spirit that we have from God. 
is it? And perhaps it's time this morning we let go of some of that fear and realize who we are in Christ. So let's look at the text. I just want to walk through it quickly this morning and pull out what the Lord has for us. Verse 7, 2 Timothy 1, verse 7 says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear. Now, we, Paul is calling us to remember the spirit that we do have. And this spirit he's talking about is not the Holy Spirit. It's not, he's not referencing the Holy Spirit. Although the Holy Spirit is the source, we know that, right? Only God can change us and only God can move upon someone's heart to bring these things about. It's the Holy Spirit who transforms us from what is normal for our worldly human self to what is supernatural, what is scriptural, what is godly. Only the Holy Spirit does that transformation. The Holy Spirit brings us true and lasting peace as He moves through and works through the Word of God as it's preached, as we read it. He takes that absolute truth deep into our very being and He works inside of us to, to change our minds, to change our hearts, to make them more like Christ. Only God does that. So you need to understand that right from the get-go. We do not self-help or self-talk our way out of this. And there's a lot of books that will try to tell you the power of this or the power of that. The true power to bring us to true and lasting peace is through the Holy Spirit. Through God as He moves in us and works in us. What He's speaking here about is this spirit He's talking about is a mindset. It's a disposition. It's an attitude. And what He's saying is God has not given us or God has not called us to the attitude, the disposition of fear. We are not to live in fear. I hope you hear that. And I hope you understand that. That's not what God has called us to. So if we find ourselves there this morning, that is not from God. If we are captive to fear, that is not from God. And many people will try to justify it away or, or try to explain it away. The Bible is pretty clear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. So if we find ourselves there, we need to let it go. We need to reset, if you will, and realize what God has given us, what He has called us to, and the attitudes and the dispositions that He provides through the Holy Spirit. The first is an attitude of power, right? God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. That word that Paul uses in the Greek is the word dunamis, from where we get our word dynamite from. It's pretty descriptive of what this word means. It means inherent power, power that resides within something. We have a power this morning that resides within us by our very nature. Because we are God's people, we have a power within us just because of who we are. It's not something that has to be given to us externally or or added to. No, it's something that's inherent within ourselves. Do you understand that, church? We have power within us because of who we are in Christ. Power that the world does not have, and that power is God's power. That rests fully in Christ and in us as His body. Power like the world has never seen. It's power to move impossible mountains. 
It's power to overcome impossible circumstances, to do what is impossible with man, because with God, all things are what? Possible. That's the power that is within us. But the problem is you probably don't feel like that. You say, wow, that sounds nice, but... But what? But what? You're going to cut God short? You're going to explain His lack of power in our lives away? Most of the times it's because we don't trust Him or we don't fully follow. The chances are when we think of doing something powerful for God or letting Him work in a powerful way, doing something far beyond our comfort zone and trying to reach the community in some new and extraordinary way, what happens? We back down. Why? Because we're scared it won't work. Right? That's probably one of the root causes. We're scared it won't work. We've been trained well, haven't we? You can't do that. Do you know what they might say? You know what might happen? Well, what if this doesn't happen? What if that does happen? We've been trained well to stay in that spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. His power. What if instead of this coming year, instead of living in fear, we had some faith in the power of God? After all, didn't didn't He raise us from the dead at salvation? Didn't He take us who were dead in sins and hell-bound and give us eternal life and an eternity in heaven? Weren't we born again to new life? Maybe we should start believing in that kind of power and live like it. Matthew chapter 7 says this, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Have we tried asking and believing lately? I'm not saying I'm perfect at this. No, I fail. I have a lack of faith sometimes. But God has shown Himself powerful in ways that help me to believe more. I remember praying for this building. Lord, give it to us. In a way that is unexplainable, in a way that that only you get the glory for. Lord, give it to us. Believing and having faith. And guess what? He did. He blew my mind. He made me feel really small and silly for thinking he couldn't, but he he did, didn't he? Maybe we ought to be more of the spirit of the power of our Father. Have that kind of an attitude. They'll never come to church. Who are you to say that? 
This church will never grow past. How do, who are we to say that? Do we forget who it is we serve and the power that is with him? Ephesians 3.21 Now unto 3.20 and 21 Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above anything that we could ask, anything that we could think, and that power works in us. It's in us. Maybe we ought to truly pray like that. We ought to truly witness like that. We ought to truly live like that rather than in a state of fear. Matthew 17, 20. Jesus said unto them, For verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Either you view that as some nice words that Jesus said to make some people feel good, or you believe it as absolute truth. And we face some impossible mountains in our life with faith that says, Move in the name of God, and they'll move. That's the power that works in us. And instead of facing our daily struggles with fear, how about we face it with that fact? That God is all-powerful and that power works in us. With that attitude, not scared of what may happen, but confident in the power of God and your Father. The second attitude that Paul calls us to, the Holy Spirit through Paul, is an attitude of love. God has not given us the Spirit of fear, but of power and of love. You know this term. The, the term is agape or agape love, which means it's more than just a love for something lovable because that's easy for the world. That's easy for us at times. It's more than just loving someone or something you have a, an affinity for or something you like. It's a love that's not based on circumstances. It's a love that often loves without return. It's a Christ-like love. Because did He not love us when we were still sinners? When we were unlovable, when we were we had nothing to offer, yet He loved us enough to die for us? That's a Christ-like love. We have that attitude, we have that spirit, or at least we should. Look around, people aren't loving, are they? It's fact, it's lacking. What you see is hate and frustration and fear, don't we? People are distanced from one another. And that's what fear does, by the way. It isolates, it pushes others away. And that's what so many have done in today's day. I hope we have not. We've been given, we've been given a spirit of love, not the spirit of the world. The spirit of the world is to lash out at those around us because... We differ from them. Are we doing the same? That's what the world wants. The world is trying to separate and pit everyone against each other to create all these different groups and all these different factions that are fighting at each other's throats so that everyone is divided into these categories and these groups. But yet in the midst of all that is the church walking through this world doing our best to break all those walls down, aren't we? The wall of so-called race, the, wall, the walls of economic status, the walls of um, 
Well, just name it, that the world is trying to separate people and all these different things. We're coming in trying to break all those walls down, holding forth the Word of God, speaking the Word of God into the midst of all that, when God says clearly, I love the whole world, whosoever believeth. Right? He tells us to go make disciples of all nations. That means every person we meet. Are we of that spirit or are we getting caught up in the mess? Because it's easy to get caught up and to look down on those who differ with you. To the point of animosity and hate to become so bitter and nasty that there's no air of love about us. No true love within our hearts. If we think we're fine, okay, well, let's have some conversations about some hot-button issues. What do you think about masks? What do you think about shots? Do we get caught up in the trap of standing on one side or another, not with true love, but with animosity for the other side? What about politics? We could have conversations with other people about legisla- <coughs> legislation in the state, the laws being passed, the economic status of our state, the governor, all the things that he does. That'll stir up some feelings, won't it? <laughs> it's caused a lot of people to leave. It's caused a lot of people to become very bitter. We're not above that, are we? Even with those things, we need to take a step back. and I need to realize within my own heart, why, why am I getting so stirred up about that? Well, yeah, there's some immediate issues that are legitimate. But I think down deep, even that could be traced to fear of what's going to happen down the road. What is this going to cause for the future of my children and my grandchildren, right? Well... That fear could control my emotions rather than understanding the love of God that He has shown me over and over. Love enough to save me. Love enough to provide a church family for me. Love enough to provide for my everyday needs. Love enough to say, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Love that has been shown in my grandparents' life, in my parents' life, in my life now. I can see it in the life of my kids. In fact, it says perfect love casts out fear, doesn't it? The perfect love of God that removes the fear in us that we are then to show the world around us. We need to move quickly. Go to Ephesians chapter 3. I want to read you something there. We'll be back in 2 Timothy in just a minute. Ephesians chapter 3, in verse 14. Sometimes we think of love and we, we don't understand how important it is, how foundational it is, not only in our walk with God, but our relationship with those around us. Ephesians chapter 3, in verse 14. This is a, a prayer that Paul writes down for the church at Ephesus. Notice some things he says here. Verse 14, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. He's praying for them to be strengthened in God. 
that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in what? Love. That you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. We don't have time to unpack all the things that are said in the verse, but he mentions love there a couple times. I want you to be strengthened by the Spirit that Christ would dwell in your hearts and you would be rooted and grounded in love, that you would know the love of Christ, which we cannot know the depths of this side of heaven. He says it passes knowledge. But in knowing that love and being rooted and grounded in that, you would be filled with all the fullness of God. It's knowing how much God loves us that roots and grounds us, that gives us a solid, sure foundation, doesn't it? A virus doesn't negate the love of God. Politics does not negate the love of God. Does not Paul write to the Romans, what shall separate us from the love of God? What's his answer? Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. We have a spirit of love. Knowing God loves us enough to bring us home, to walk through us through the the trials, to bring us home to an eternity of joy and peace, and that that Love He loves us with, He wants for everyone around us. Do we live in that, or is there a different attitude that has taken hold? Perhaps we need to reset this morning. Last one, and let's close with this. He's given us the spirit of a sound mind. A sound mind. That word that Paul uses there to uh, say a sound mind means a disciplined and a self-controlled mind. A mind that is solid, a mind that is not shaken, but is solid, is controlled. Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3 and 4 says this, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Beloved, you know this. Quite often the battle is won or lost right up here, isn't it? And there are far too many people around us, maybe even you yourself at times, that have an unstable, unsettled mind. The thoughts are just whirling around and we don't know what to do, we don't know what to think. And it affects everything else in our life. So many are tossed about with each statistic With each variant that comes along, it just drives them deeper down the hole, right? They are just assured more and more they're going to die the next day. Or, on the other side, each mandate just irritates us more. Each mask they see just makes them more mad. Either way is a mind that's shaken up. It's not stable. It's unsettled. And listen... We ought not to 
to count that as a small thing or to brush it off. If you don't know already, our thoughts are pretty powerful, right? One thought can get our minds spinning, and one what-if can send us through a tornado of of, of thoughts. (laughs) How many of us over the past three years have thought this, what if I get COVID and what if I die? Maybe, maybe not at some point. Some people are living right now captive to that thought. What if you, what if is our biggest enemy? (laughs) My thoughts lately are, what if they keep pushing this vaccine and they require the vaccine to shop for food? What if my, what if my employer requires that I have it to work there? What if, what if, what if? Cue the tornado of thoughts. And now you have a spinning mind and all of it is rooted in fear. Because we don't trust God. Or we think differently or we settle in our minds what God can or cannot or will or will not do and we find ourselves with an unsettled mind. Beloved, that is not our spirit. God hath given us the spirit of a sound mind. Every thought brought into obedience to Christ, right? That's what Paul says. A mind that is trusting Him, a mind that knows His power, that knows His love, which helps to still our minds. I think of David as he faced Goliath. The Scripture doesn't give us an insight, but if he's human, I think he might have had some thoughts walking up to that nine-foot-tall guy with just a stone, but what does he say and what does he do? That's what's important. He says, today there's, people are going to know there's a God in Israel. Because he's going to deliver you into my hand. Could have had an unsettled mind, which could have drove him to different actions, right? I think of the three Hebrews as they faced the fiery furnace. What do they say? God may deliver us. He may not. He certainly can Either way, we're not bowing. I'm not sure how this is going to turn out, but I know who God is. That's the kind of sound mind God has called us to. Even when we face uncertain circumstances, we're settled in knowing His power, knowing His love, knowing who He is. Not second-guessing Him because of the circumstances, but trusting Him in all things. Are we trusting Him today or is there doubt in our mind? Is there fear that blocks the thoughts and freezes us in place? Because that is not who we are in Christ. We are not a people of fear. We are people of power and of love and of a sound mind. Does any of that describe you this morning? Are we a people who is living in the power of God and living in the love of God with a sound, stable, settled mind? Or maybe we've been held captive by fear for too long. I don't know how this sermon may hit you, 
I know it's caused me to think on my own heart and my own actions. I may not be living in fear of a virus, but I may be living in fear of other things. Whether it's governmental overreach or the future and what the future may hold. Don't have to be... A fear can be in many different areas. And the scripture is really clear here to me. I've not been given that spirit to live cowering and sitting in the corner and worrying or wondering what's going to happen next. No, I'm to meet this next year, the next day, with the spirit that God has given, with the attitudes that God has given through His Holy Spirit, namely of His power, of His love, and a mind that is settled in those. Maybe I've held on to some other things too long that have gotten in the way of those attitudes. Don't carry that into the new year because there's going to be plenty coming at us. If the past couple years has been any, any indication, it's not going to let up. It's not like January 1, the media turns itself off. We have peace. Although you do have a little red button on a controller that will really help. <laughs> if you point it at a TV and push it, 50% of your problems just might go away. <laughs> but there's still going to be plenty coming at us to try to shake our minds, to try to shake our relationship with God. There's going to be more thrown at us to scare us, to silence us. Satan surely wants that. Well, perhaps maybe we need to take the time today to reset. The Scripture tells us to put on the new man by the renewing of our mind. For me, that's something that needs to happen daily. Lord, renew my mind, renew my thoughts. That they wouldn't be thoughts of fear or thoughts of anger or thoughts of a different spirit other than you, but that you would renew that attitude that I am to have in you. Maybe you need to do that today. Or maybe you're carrying something else we haven't even touched on today and it's weighing you down. Maybe it's a burden. You know what that is. That's between you and the Lord. Don't carry that any longer. Don't enter the, uh, the new year with that. Maybe this is time for you to just lay it all at the Savior's feet. Unforgiveness, past grudges, sins you may be carrying, or maybe that spirit of fear that we've let have too much control over us. I don't know how the Lord may have used this, but Pray you wouldn't carry any of, that, any of that into the next year. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for your love and your power, for the spirit you have given us, Lord. Please help us this morning not to be held captive by any other attitudes or any other mindsets, but the ones that you have given to us, that you would help us to live in your power, live with your love and a mind that is settled on you. There's so much out there to distract us, Lord, to take us away from that. I pray that you would help us in that. Move in our hearts as only you can, Lord, and do the work in us that only you can do. You take these words and use them as you see fit. We give all the glory to you. I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.